This is Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Intuitive Oracle Jamie Hearn. Jamie stirs the cauldron with witches, shamans, healers, psychics, and mediums who bravely share their power and give you insight into what conversations with dead people really look like. It's probably not what you think. Sometimes hilarious, sometimes macabre, and always informative. Hello and welcome back to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People. I'm Jamie Hearn. I'm super excited today to introduce you to Faith Koltak. She is a study in duality. She is often said that she is here to bridge the gap of the in-betweens and her background demonstrates that. I love that. That's such a, a an amazing position to be in. Faith is a psychic healer, shamanic practitioner, and trauma conscious transformational master coach with more than 15 years experience. She Her offerings include intuitive tarot. Do you say tarot or tarot? I typically say tarot only because that's what people understand. Tarot is the, the proper way to say it, but people look at you like you're crazy. Like, like you don't know what you're saying. So yeah. <laughs> people look at me like that anyway. So I don't know that yeah. I would notice, but okay. I, I, get, I get that too. Yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> um, she also offers psychic mediumship readings, Reiki sessions, herbalism, aromatherapy, hypnosis, and guided meditation chakra cleansing and balancing, energetic cleansing, and journeys with plant allies. Additionally, she offers coaching packages as standalone services or in combination with her more spiritually centered offerings. Faith also teaches tarot, (laughs) Reiki, law of attraction, Mike Dooley's infinite possibilities. I like Mike Dooley. He's a cool guy. I met him in person at, at an event once. Um, and more, as well as speaking to audiences about healing trauma, overcoming adversity, rewiring neurology, and creating a life that is large enough for you. I love that. There's so much to talk about. So like, where would, do you have a particular place you would like to start before I start peppering you with questions? Like, this is just the coolest shit ever anymore. No, pepper me with questions. (laughs) So let's... Let's hear a little bit about when you first recognized that you were a psychic medium. Oh, God. So that's such a difficult question because it has been there with me. Um, It has been there with me since I was 19 or 20 years old. My mom passed away when I was 19. And um, and things started happening. Um, my grandmother's music boxes would start playing and, and we're not talking like they would play for a couple of seconds. We're talking about, they would play like somebody had wound them up and they would spin. And my, my daughter, who was a small child would be sleeping. My ex-husband would be out of town. I would be the only person in the house and I'm sitting on the couch reading a book or, or whatever. And all of a sudden these music boxes are playing and I'm like, what is happening? Um, or 
one of my favorite stories, my ex-husband and I were in my car back in the days when, when you went into a car wash, you had to turn the radio off to make the antenna go down in order to, so that you could go into the car wash, right? Like I'm showing my age. Um, but, <laughs> and so we were in a car wash. I had turned the radio off to make the antenna go down. He made um, a very distasteful joke about my uncle. Um while we were in the car wash and suddenly the radio was blaring and I was trying to turn the radio down and it wouldn't turn down. And we finally came out of the car wash and I hit the power button to turn the radio off thinking that somehow it had come on and the antenna went up and the the radio turned on at a normal volume. And so that radio blaring <laughs> was either my mother or my grandmother who was also deceased, obviously very displeased about that distasteful joke that he had made about my uncle. Um, but even then, I don't know that I recognized it as psychic mediumship. So, so these things happened and, and, um, and then throughout my life that kind of grew to um, me recognizing spirits, particularly if they were angry um, when they were around mm. me, there was one really playful youngster in a home, the first home that I purchased by myself, and I could see him. There was a closet door that I somehow had sometimes had problems opening, and I could see this young boy, and I knew that the the original owners of the home had a, a child who died young, and I could see him in my mind, like on the other side of the door, kind of holding onto it, not wanting to open the door. Um, so there were things like that. But the day that it stuck out to me, I was standing in my kitchen. I had a friend who had uh, recently passed away. He was 42 years old and it was unexpected. He died in his sleep. Um, and I was having an argument with him. I was standing in my kitchen cooking dinner, having an argument with a dead person. Um, he wanted me to contact his girlfriend, whom I had never met, and his mother, who I had only met one time several years prior, to pass on a message. And so I'm standing in my kitchen cooking dinner saying, wait, Leroy, let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. You want me to do what? You want me to send a message to your girlfriend and say, hi, you don't know me, but I knew your boyfriend and he has reached out from beyond the veil and asked me to contact you to give you a message from him. Like, <laughs> really? And, and he's mean, it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he said, yeah, that's exactly what I want you to do. It's important. And I'm like, Leroy, she's going to think I'm fucking crazy. Like, I think I'm crazy. I'm, I'm questioning my sanity right now. Like, what am I even doing? What, what am I doing? I'm having an argument with a dead person in my kitchen. <laughs> what am I doing? Um, <laughs> and at the end of the day, I reached out to her and ended up inviting her to my home. I had never met this woman, invited her to my home, had the conversation with her. And it ended up being a really important conversation because she and his mother were in conflict about what to do with his body. He, in his will, wanted his body to be buried. Um, they have he has indigenous blood and he wanted his body to be buried on tribal ground on the other side of the country. Um, his mother wanted his body to be buried here because he had, he has two young children 
and she wanted them to have a place to go visit their dad or their dad's grave. Um, and the message was, it doesn't matter where I am because I'm everywhere. Like I, I'm not yeah. with my body. And so it doesn't matter. And so she needed to hear that because she had this conflict, like those weren't his wishes, what his mother's doing. That's not what he wanted. Those weren't his wishes. And she needed to hear him say, let her do what she wants. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's okay. I'm everywhere. And the piece that you gave her was so important that it didn't matter how crazy either of you thought you were. Right. Right. And, but the way that it came through, there was a particular um, Oracle deck that I use and he participated in, I'm having word amnesia. Um, the people who get together and reenact uh, like medieval fights and, and um oh. I mean, I know you know what, what you, mean. You, you know what like I'm talking joust, about, right? Jousting kind of. Yes, yeah. exactly. And he was like this badass nationally. Like he was <laughs> known to be this awesome fighter. And so the card that I drew that came up represented that. And I was showing it to her and that was her proof. She's like, oh yeah, that's totally Leroy. That's totally <laughs> because so. So the, the evidence that he gave me to give her was enough for her to make that connection for herself to say, like, this woman's not making shit up. Um, that was when I was able to accept it for myself. But it still took me two years before I was able to hang that shingle out and yeah. and call myself that for other people. And the first time I did that at a psychic fair, the imposter syndrome of what happens mm -hmm. when somebody sits down and asks me to connect with their with their dead relative and what 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 if i can't like you know that was the, one of the most terrifying days of my life but it was like a 30 year span between the beginning of those incidents almost a 30 year span between the beginning of those incidents and my willingness to say yes this is who i am that's a really long time and it's also the blink of an eye because how many lifetimes have you completely denied it? So yes, I'm so excited that you have stepped into who you really are. And it's, that, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's nice to finally own it. It's, and that's one of the things that I do in my coaching. Like I am an authentic alignment coach. I help people take off those masks that they've been wearing the entire their entire lives where of people telling them who they're supposed to be and you know taking off those masks of other people's expectations and allowing themselves to be who they are. Um and it's because it's something that I've had to do and to stand in your authenticity and to use your voice and to say you may not like this you may not like hearing this from me. You know, I put a post on my Facebook page the other day and I said, some of you would probably prefer that I said that I'm a lesbian than that I'm a witch and I talk to dead people. <laughs> you know, for some of you, that would be an easier closet for me to fall out of. And I get that, you know, but to stand in that authenticity and be, be able to say that this is who I am and this is something that I've been doing for a very long time. At first, I didn't recognize it. And then I didn't claim it. And 
now I own it because it is who I am and what I do. And, and I don't need you to understand it. I just said that to my partner last night. I don't need you to understand it. I don't need you to validate it. I just need you to be able to hear me say it and accept that even if it doesn't make sense to you. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people who are getting comfortable with their truth need that. Some people don't have that at home. So that's why you have people like us in the world. Come on, we'll be your sister. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. And if you don't have somebody who can hear you say that at home, send me a friend request on Facebook. Send me a private message on Facebook. Like I will hear you say I can do this and nobody else. I can't say it to anybody else. I will hear it and I will affirm that for you because you have to be able to say that out loud and have somebody hear you say you have to be able to be seen somewhere. Yeah. It's so important. It's so important. It is. And it's becoming more accepted by our society, but it's still not readily accepted. So, right. It's becoming more accepted by parts of our society, but only within those parts of our society, as soon as you start to move out of those parts of our society. And the other thing that I find really interesting is even in those parts of our society, like they accept that you say it, but there are still a lot of of, of people within those parts that'll put question marks on it. Like they'll hear you say it, but they might still question it. They might still doubt it. They might still not take you at face value, right? Like if you're not making your living doing this, can you really do it? You know, there's, and that can be difficult sometimes. Mm. That can be really difficult sometimes, especially for new people who are trying to be seen and heard, but don't have a name. Well, And there's that whole other dimension of programming around being fairly compensated for a spiritual gift. Oh, so, I mean, I've had that conversation numerous times, like, Mm -hmm. no, I don't owe anyone to participate in my gift, nor do I have to commit myself to poverty, like monks of whatever millennia. That's not who I am. Right. Or this idea, and I've had people say to me, you shouldn't charge for this. You shouldn't charge for your gift. And and I've had conversations with people and said, have you said that to your doctor? When your doctor has said, okay, you have a $60 copay for this visit. Have you said to your doctor, but this is a gift and you shouldn't charge for your gift? Like, why is their skill set more valid than mine? And If you go back to the days of when healers didn't charge for their gifts, it's because they were part of a tribe and their community took care of them. Their community made sure they had food and they had shelter and they were supported so that all they had to do was be a healer. And if you want to put me back in a community that's going to allow me to just be a healer, and the community is going to support my other needs so that I can do that. I, I'm there, sister, I'm there. I will be a part of that community because 
I don't want to have to depend on, like, I don't want to have to depend on money. I, I, money is the root of all evil. Like I can firmly get behind that. Right. Um, but we don't live in that society anymore. We don't live in those communities anymore. We don't have tribes. And so I have to be able to pay a mortgage or right. a rent payment, or, you know, I have to be able to support myself. I have to be able to buy groceries and I can't do that without charging for my services. Absolutely. And I love the analogy to the doctor because I've often had conversations like that and people don't know how to answer me. I'm like, uh, it's just a conversation. Like you want to discuss my pricing? Let's talk about your programming. I'm good. Right. Exactly. And, And that's what it is. And if you want, if you want to find a psychic or a tarot reader or a Reiki practitioner or a whomever who's going to charge you less for the same service that I'm going to charge you, you certainly have that right. And please go with my blessing. And, and I, and I will, I will send you with my blessing, but understand that that person may not have as much experience as I have. Um, I didn't start out charging these prices, right? You know, I, it took me a long time to get confident enough to allow myself to charge more um, because it really is like a confidence that says, wait a second, I can charge more than $30 for 60 minutes. I'm worth more than 50 cents an hour. (laughs) You know, Um, it's a confidence level that you have to reach to allow yourself to get there. And it took me a long time to get there. So, so if you want that cheaper reading, that that's great. I understand it, but understand that you're also probably paying for somebody who doesn't have as much experience. And that doesn't mean that they're not as good a reader. That that is not what I'm saying, and I don't want anybody to hear me say that, um, because that that's that's not what I'm saying at all. But they don't, they likely don't have as much experience. They likely don't have the same level of confidence um, because when they reach that point, they will raise their prices as well. Absolutely. Um, Let's shift gears for a moment. I would love to learn more about your shamanic experience. What tradition do you study with? So I really don't, that's another word that it took me a long time to adopt. Um, I don't have a tradition that I have studied with. I, um, the first shaman who was part of my life, I met when I was 17 years old. Um, and he is the person that, that I owe every piece of my spiritual path to. He's the person who set me on my path. Um, And I've had long conversations with him. He's still a part of my life. I've had long conversations with him about um, using the term shaman for myself and whether that's appropriation because I haven't studied with shamans. Um, But I have remembered past lives. I have had conversations with trees, with plants, with the earth, like where the wisdom of the medicine comes from. I have had conversations with animals um, about their wisdom. Um, 
I have had visions through which I have been informed. So, so, so much of my, I'm going to put air quotes around the word training has come in that way. Um, and if you go back to really the origins of the word shaman, there's not, there's not really a tradition for shamans um, traditionally. Like that's a relatively new thing that that we've talked about shamanic traditions and 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 that kind of training and coming up that way. That's not how it originated. Um, and that yeah. was something that I had to learn from him and that I had to allow myself to accept in well, order would, to allow myself to use that word. Please, I'm sorry. I would please. understand that um, like shaman is really just a label that we've given to certain people who are conducting their growth and connection and spirituality in a certain way. Mm -hmm. um, so... I can definitely understand that you're remembering experiences you've had across all lifetimes and those fit into that mold of being a shaman. So, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily a particular, even like, uh, I, I was going to liken it to Reiki, but Reiki seems to have a couple main streams in it, but, but they're specific to someone's teachings and shamanism isn't really like that. Right. But, but I'll tell you, even with that, if you come to me for a Reiki session, what you're going to get is not going to, if, if you've ever experienced Reiki before and you come to me for a Reiki session, what you're going to get is not going to be what you think of when you think of a Reiki session, because it's not just the traditional hand placements. When I give a Reiki session, it includes, it might include drums. It, it hmm. almost always includes rattles. It almost always includes smoke cleansing it almost like it brings these other practices. It, it is more of a shamanic healing experience than it cool. is a traditional Reiki session. And that is not something that was ever taught to me. I learned Reiki and then these other things came in through my, through my guides. I don't have any other way to explain and, it. And they these were like, other hey, I'm ready. Use me. <laughs> yeah. These, the, these other things were like, it was like, here you go. And this is how you do this. Once I had I that, that basic training, it was, this is how you do this. And it flows and it's different with every person who lays on my table. It depends on their needs. It depends on their energy. It depends on what I'm picking up from their body and what their guides are telling me and what my guides are telling me. And it's different for every person. And it's not traditional Reiki. I love that. Cause it's, it's you, it's, it can't help but take in all of the components and tools that are within your scope. Um, yeah. And I've never had two Reiki sessions the same. I've, I've yeah. been having Reiki for, since I was in law school, so more than 20 years ago. 
there, I, <laughs> I betrayed my age there too. Um, <laughs> Thank you for not leaving me out there alone. I appreciate that. <laughs> no problem. Um, the first time I ever had Reiki, it was like electric shocks all throughout my head. You Do you remember those light, bu- lightning balls when you touch them, the shock? Yes. The, that's what my head felt like. And mm-hmm. I have never had an experience like that since. But I was so in my head in law school. Of course, there was so right. much going on there. Like, it makes sense to me now. But I thought that was an interesting first Reiki experience. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you're right. And it's different. So just as every session is different for me as a practitioner, Um, And what I do is different with every client that's on my table. Every session is different for the clients and how they experience it. Um, Yeah, it's it. I love Reiki for that because it's never the same. It's never the same for them. It's never the same for me. Um, I have clients who have been on my table 20 times and the experience is never the same for either of us. And, And I love it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, it it is magical. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit more about the coaching that you offer people. So the coaching actually stemmed. I, I started when I started my business. The first iteration of my business, it was tarot and reiki, um, and it was you know and, and energetic cleansings and and those things, just the herbalism, aromatherapy, the the very spiritual kind of aspects or more spiritual aspects of it. Um, And I found that I was doing a lot of coaching, especially through the Tarot sessions. There was a lot of life coaching built into it. And and I am just the type of person who, if I'm going to do something, I want to make sure I'm doing it properly. So I decided that if I was going to do that, I wanted to make sure that um, that I knew how to be a coach. And so I went back for a coaching certification. And then because my background is trauma, I come from severe trauma. I have a PTSD diagnosis. Um, I wanted to make sure that if I was working with people and I, I, and I was working with people who had trauma in their backgrounds, um, that I knew how to do that properly, that I wasn't re-traumatizing anybody. So I spent three years and tens of thousands of dollars. I invested three years and tens of thousands of dollars in trauma specific training. Um, to make sure that uh, that I was doing that properly, and so um, I use evolved neurolinguistic programming in my coaching. If I'm going to work with somebody who comes from trauma, it's not talk therapy. I don't want them to to talk about that over and over again. I don't want to re-traumatize right. them or to to chance re-traumatizing. So I want to talk about what it is that you that you pulled from that. I want to talk about the limiting beliefs, the idea that I'm not worthy, the idea that I'm not good enough, the idea that this is all I deserve. Um, whatever those limiting beliefs are that you've pulled from that, that you're carrying around with you, that keep you in patterns of abusive relationship, that keep you in people-pleasing behaviors, um, that keep you living these cycles in your life that are unhealthy or that that make you unhappy or, or whatever it is that keeps you there that, that you know you need to change, that you know you need to break out of. And I want to work with your unconscious mind to change 
those beliefs, to change those patterns, to change those cycles so that you can live the life that you want to live and be the person that you want to be without these things that were essentially handed to you, likely when you were a child, but sometimes as an adult too. Um, let's, let's change those. Um, let's change that conditioning and let you live the life that you want to live. So that's the coaching that I do. That's the coaching work that I do. Often um, my spiritual practice com practices come into that. So Reiki sessions can be a part of like my breakthrough packages. If I have somebody who's working with me um, for really intense coaching in a short period of time, helping to move that energy through that uh, or as part of that can be incredibly beneficial for that person. Um, so the energetic work can, can come into play and be part of that. Um, but it's really about helping people take off those masks, remember who they actually are instead of who they've allowed themselves to believe they are based on the things that have happened to them or the things that people have said to them um, or, or whatever their life experience has been so that they can live in their authenticity, find their purpose, be who they're supposed to be. What is it that you've come to this life to do? What do we need to change about the way you think about yourself so that you can do that. Let's, let's make those changes. Let's do that. Beautiful. And I had a coach that I trained with and he would ask you, he asked me this question a lot. Whose story is that? Mm -hmm. And that really gave me such a great perspective. Like, Oh shit, is that my story or is that somebody else's story? So I love, that you're doing this work with people. That's amazing. Yeah, it's and it's so gratifying for me to see somebody come into my office and three months later, they're a different person and they're making different decisions and they're doing things that they didn't think they were capable of doing. Um, they're, they're getting out of relationships that are unhealthy or they are, they have confidence that they didn't have when they first walked in or whatever those changes are. Um, and that's why I do it, you know, to, to, to see those changes in people and to know that, that I'm not making those changes for them. I'm just guiding them through it, but yeah. to know that, that I have, been able to hold that space and help them find the answers and 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 be that guide for them that is so fulfilling for me there's so much gratification there and and I love that I am blessed to be able to do the work that I do yeah I always feel like it's such an honor to oh, yeah. witness people's transformations like that yeah an honor and a privilege and um, yeah, I'm just so grateful that this gets to be my journey. I love it. So if people want to learn more about you and your work, where is the best place for them to find you? www.perfectwisdom.org is my website. Um, I am on Facebook. They can look me up. My personal page is a public page. So Faith, F-A-I-T-H, Coltac, K-O-L-T-A-K. That will link to my business page. And then um, I'm on all the socials as well, either as myself or as Perfect Wisdom. Fantastic. 
I want to thank you very much for coming and sharing your wisdom and spending some time with us. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. We'll see you next week on Witches, Bitches, and Dead People, Peace and Badass Magic. Thank you for listening to Witches, Bitches, and Dead People with Jamie Hearn. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in. 